Imagine just trying to fit in, be a part of the group, and taking drugs at age eight. The All Eyes on Me podcast is the true story of Vincent Lilly, his struggle with drugs, addiction, recovery, and onward to hope and health. Be ready to experience another world. Here's author Kevin Zadrill and Vincent Lilly. Hi, welcome back. My name is Kevin Zadrill. I am the host of this podcast about the book All Eyes on Me. Uh, it's a true story of addiction, recovery, and hope. And with me today, I have uh, Vincent Lilly. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Going great. Good to have you back again, uh, Vincent, on our podcast. Uh, always very enlightening in terms of the uh, ideas that you give us and, and the life's journeys that you've gone through. Um, today, we're going to focus on gangs and more so uh, your thoughts <laughs> and, and suggestions for families and, and kids and and signs to look for but just your general thoughts like in terms of what the attraction could possibly be often uh for younger kids that uh, get pulled into uh you know gangs what's the attraction yeah so often you know, we hear about you know kids that uh, uh get influenced into them and uh from your perspective what you've seen and growing up and, and so forth uh what's what is sort of the pull that often the kids get pulled into it I think I think nowadays it's uh, it's a lot different from from when when I was younger. It seems like there's a definitely a big change in the the um, the attitude and the things that the kids are learning these days. A lot of they're learning a lot of stuff from social media and all that kind of stuff. And so I think it's a big difference. But um, uh, ultimately, I think it obviously starts at home with the kids and. Uh, Obviously, you know, if they do, if they don't have a dad or something like that, or they have uh, older brothers, you know, that's going to influence the type of behavior that they want to put themselves around. I think. And you've done uh, quite a few uh, presentations within schools. What's sort of the message that you would uh, uh, give to kids in terms of um, the downside to to uh, being influenced into gangs? I think it just it just teaches you a lot of bad behaviors. Um, a lot of the times, obviously, like I said, we're all good people. We all start, well, we all start off good people, but um, as we go through life, we pick up these things that we learn. And uh, so some of the things that the gangs and that could teach you might not be all that great for you. Um, the behaviors and, you know, slang words and just like that kind of stuff. It's kind of, you know, it, uh, it can, cause you to allow yourself to be uh, dragged into a direction that you probably don't want to be in. And, and really the influence can start at really young ages. I think nowadays it's between probably could start at age 10. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So for parents, that's definitely an eye opener to realize that, you know, uh, grade five, um, the influence is already there for, for the children. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, like kids, um, kids these days, it's different because when I was growing up, there wasn't really social media, you know, it wasn't this thing that you could turn on and look at and get influenced by. So uh, a lot of kids are seeing a lot of things that they're, they're mimicking nowadays on social media or whatever. Right. And it's, they don't even have, honestly, they don't even have to have 
uh, per se a gang member in the family or someone that they've seen in public. It's even just right there in front of them in their own house, right? This TikTok app, and sometimes there's people on there that are wearing gang colors or doing stuff on there that they see and they think it's cool and they start to mimic. You mentioned in, in within the book that keeping kids busy, keeping them active is often number one strategy to, um, to have them avoid being influenced. Yeah, definitely. Um, you don't want to have kids that are bored in their lives, you know, that, that don't have any sort of hobbies or anything like that. Because then once you have that, then it's, it's easy for the excitement to get to them when it comes to like, the gangs or like the group, the group, uh, things that happen within groups, uh, kids, groups of kids and that, what they do and their behaviors and that. It's easy for them to get influenced into that. Um, if you can get them into sports, uh, is probably a good one for kids, for young, young men. Good, good to get them into sports because then it'll give them that thing to be excited about to get themselves into. And it's a distraction from all the other stuff. So how, how important is community centers in you know, within our communities, obviously that's, that's going to be the starting point. Yeah, I think, uh, I guess it could go both ways, but I mean, it depends on the kind of staff that you have working at your group, at your um, community centers. Because yeah, again, the, the, I think the staff at the community centers need to be aware of the gang stuff and all that too, because it, those are the, the, probably the, those are the, the areas where the kids are going to be probably showing more of the behaviors than they do at home because it's a it's a situation where they can act more themselves and just be whoever they want to be when they're at these these uh, places. Mm-hmm. I guess in terms of schools, even within schools, having uh, extracurricular activities, uh, keeping them engaged, that's going to be a really important role that the, the schools themselves are going to play. Yeah, for sure. Um, kids obviously build relationships with teachers and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, and so, yeah, when it comes to these the, the gang activities and all that kind of stuff, sometimes kids can be distracted from that. So, yeah, that can be bad for them if they don't have that. Definitely. And in terms of parents, um, what can they do, uh, especially newcomers, um, there, it's a new city, it's a new community. Uh, what's been your messages uh, to them? About the new communities? Yeah, what they can do to help with kids and, and, uh, and influence. Um, I think definitely just trying to keep them family orientated. Um, again, like you're, like you're mentioning about the sports and that, uh, it's definitely good to try and get them into something like that they can look forward to and something they can get a passion for. Um, cause yeah, when it comes to sports and stuff, kids when they're younger is when they develop those real passions for sports and they can just keep pushing themselves further and further into it. Yeah. And like you said, role modeling is, is a huge part, uh, positive influences and, I, certain people just have a better influence on, on kids, but that's, um, that's going to be a, a big part of it, isn't it? In terms of who they're associating with, uh, with the adults. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, 
And when they don't have someone really that they look up to in their household, then that's when they're going to even drift even more away home and into the public and try and find somebody out there. And there's always going to be those, those older male figures, I think nowadays uh, that might catch your attention and uh, yeah, might draw you in. With your work being a mentor and working with, uh, with youths, um, what, what's been sort of your techniques um, relating to them and having them trust you? What's been sort of your approach with, with these kids? Well, you, you definitely just want to be yourself and you just want to try and, you know, um, understand them, where they're coming from, first and foremost. Because, I mean, uh, you don't you definitely don't want to be jumping in there starting to try and tell them what to do and what they should do, what they shouldn't do. You just basically just, you know, talk to them like uh, you would any of your friends, you know, a good friend, and just, you know, try and get to know them. And uh, before you start to really give them any sort of advice, so that that's building up that level of trust. That's that's really the starting point. Yeah, for sure. In terms of working with parents, uh, are there things that the parents can do uh, within the old household? I think uh, like one of the most important things for the parents to do is definitely make sure they focus on building that relationship with them. So that connection is going to be really important for family, and that really starts at the earliest of ages to build that connection with with their children. Oh yeah, for sure. You, and you said in the book, it's you know even not sheltering children, but you, you know let them experience life around them and, and life on the communities and on the streets, because sheltering them almost does um, a detriment in terms of their awareness, in terms of the realities of the world around them. In my opinion, you know, uh, as much as you don't want your kids to go through any sort of trouble in life, uh, you, you honestly almost have to let them go through it in order for them to truly. Um, feel life and appreciate it the way that it is because uh, pain is part of life and you kind of have to embrace it. And that, that really is the exposure of, of, of seeing the realities of, of uh, the populations around us and um, so that they're more prepared and they have, a, I think, a better understanding, as, as you mentioned in the book, an appreciation in terms of uh, what's out there and what, to, what the expectations are when they become uh, more independent as, as uh, young adults. Yeah. And I think they'll do a lot better as, as young adults uh, having going through some, um, some, some incidents as they're young, when they're younger, like going through it and having to make those decisions in their mind on how to react to it on their own. Um, if you shelter them too much, then they won't even have any of those incidents happen to them when they're younger and then when they do happen when they're young adults they won't know what to do mm-hmm. so maybe a, a, a tricky question would be and in, in your own situation you had two uh, much older brothers um and then yourself and your other brother uh, wh- you know what could a parent do if they're seeing that the older uh siblings are going in that direction uh criminal intents and so forth to try to ground the younger uh, siblings in a family, because there's often that that bridge in time, uh, and I think it's probably a common crossroads that a lot of families face nowadays. Um, I think again, you don't want to you want to just be present. You want to be there and let them know that you're there, and just try and give them advice and try and guide them. You don't want to try and tell them 
to do in my opinion like you don't want to try and force them too much like say like grounding them or anything like that for not for doing things that they shouldn't be doing um, because they're just going to create that um, wedge in between and like the way kids are I know for sure that like uh, they just rebel against any sort of thing like that so you want to kind of just let them know you're there and you definitely don't want to react in anger um, towards these mistakes that they make because ultimately kids are going to make mistakes. And, and as you mentioned in the book, that big part of that is that communication is having them trust you to you be the one to tell what's going on in their lives versus other friends. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I started it a little while ago with my kids and just teaching them that uh, it's okay to make mistakes and like, that's how we learn. Right. And that's how we grow. And so uh, I think it's really good to start that. Cause I think in the past with uh, the way families were, they used to teach kids all that you're supposed to be perfect. Right. You don't want to make any sort of mistakes. And that's really unrealistic. Right. Cause then kids are afraid to, to make mistakes when they're going to make mistakes, no matter how perfect you are anyway. Yeah. So there is that level of forgiveness. And, and like you said, life is a learning process. So for the kids too, they're, they're learning and you want to be there for that learning journey. Yeah. Say it's a learning process and that's just it. When you say learning, learning is mistakes. You know, the, the more mistakes that you make is the, the better you get. So um, it's, I've fa- I found it a better way to teach your kids, you know, because then they don't have to worry so much about every little thing that they do. And I guess, as you mentioned, with social media, that's a big influence now. Kids have access to and, and what they're experiencing, what their maybe new reality of the world is. Is there anything as parents that we could do that could help kind of reel some of that stuff in so that um, it's it's not really their main go-to? I think, uh, I think ultimately we're in control of that because uh, we all know social media and that is an addiction. So the more that you let them do it, the harder it's going to be for you to control it as they get older. And so basically in the beginning, how you want them to be with it, they will be. So if you allow them on it every single day as much as they want, then that's going to become an addiction for them. And if you limit it, it'll be that'll be what they know. They'll, be, they'll know what it is that you allow them to do. And that, that's an important part. I think parents sometimes have guilt that they don't allow their kids enough time on that. But ultimately, really, uh, that should be a structured part of the day. And it kind of reverts back to what you said earlier, getting them involved in activities, sports, um, other areas of interest where it keeps their minds focused and, and their bodies healthy. Well, I think they're saying today, nowadays, a lot of kids, they spend like 30 minutes to 40 minutes exercising and seven to eight hours on watching their devices. And you can't even be hard on your kids for saying, Hey, you're just always staring at that because we allow them to do it. Right. Or we're doing it ourselves too. I mean, that's, you know, we got to leave that example, don't we? That too. Any other takeaways uh, you like to have insights for, for this topic that kind of comes to mind that you could provide uh, for our listeners? The biggest thing I think is just to, you know, you want to try and be mindful with how you're going to, how you, how you behave with your kids at home. Obviously that's where everything starts. Um, if the kids, I'm not saying that if the kid's living in a good home, that there's no chance he'll ever get involved in a gang, but 
um, it is less likely to happen if you are if you are uh, giving them a good life at home. But you, I think you want to just focus on to be very understanding for them and uh, just being open and honest with them. I think that's the most important thing is to try and build a good relationship with them where they feel like they can talk to you about anything. And I, and I guess that's keeping in mind too, that not everyone has equal home life. There are kids that are going hungry every day at home. There are kids that they're experiencing violence within their household. So they, they have a lot of just baggage thrown at them every day that they got to deal with. Never mind then having to go to school and try to focus. That's just it. People don't know. You can't, that's why they say you judge a book by its cover, right? Because you honestly don't know what somebody's going through. You never know what one person to the next is going through. And that's why I make, why I, I like the idea of making the stickers that I make and I put them all over the city with the positive quotes because the truth of the matter is don't know how much effect you can have on someone's day with just a few words, positive words, right? Yeah, never, never take it for granted. Exactly. We do that too much these days. Yeah, I think especially nowadays, you know, we're all looking for as much support as we can, uh, some inspiration. And I think that your messages is certainly a big part of that, trying to provide that uh, for individuals and families and communities. I know that you're continuing your work to bring that forward. And, and uh, we're looking forward to our upcoming uh, podcast to further uh, your message and from the, your book, All Eyes on Me, we're very proud as the uh, host this podcast to be able to sit down with you each week and hear more of your insightful thoughts. Thanks very much, Vincent. Welcome. I appreciate it.